Wire Hustle proudly presents All Eyes on Cleveland. It's a pain-free Friday, May 7th, the year 2021. My name is Brad Ward. Mikey is on the ones and twos as usual tonight. We're going to do a deep dive into Brown's new defensive tackle, Malik McDowell, as well as address Jawan James and the ongoing UDFA uh, story that, you know, kind of hits on the Browns, of course, with uh, J.C. Treader being the president of the Players Association. Um, but we wanted to start with Jawan, uh, not Jawan James, pardon me, Malik McDowell, uh, who is an interesting signing for the Browns. Um, let's start with this. He was a second round draft pick, pick 35 in the 2017 draft. He's a defensive tackle out of Michigan State. Uh, this, the signing, um, comes as Andrew Barry's first really uh, character questionable signing uh, that we've seen from him, which is kind of why it was brought to my attention a little bit. Let's talk about McDowell's story somewhat first here. Uh, McDowell was drafted, as I said, 35th overall by the Seattle Seahawks. Um, Many believed he was a top 10 talent. Uh, top 10 pick talent the year before. However, uh, there was some question as to his um, maturity and and somewhat at Michigan State, and he did drop uh, the following year. Did participate, the only time he got on the field with the uh, Seattle Seahawks was in their rookie minicamp, and then was injured in an ATV accident. Um and severely injured his head and face um, in this accident in the summer of 2017. McDowell, uh, you know, there was some mystery around what happened with the accident. Um, Drew Drew Rosenhaus was his agent at the time. And finally, after a long period of back and forth and uh, on and off non-football injury list and and whatnot, McDowell was released by the Seahawks in March of 2019. Pete Carroll, head coach of the Seahawks, said at the NFL League meetings that year in 19, um, quote, unquote, he had an accident. Uh, that he was injured and they couldn't clear him to play. So his claim was that McDowell was unable to play, couldn't get him medically cleared. Uh, Drew Rosenhaus disputed that, saying uh, that was false. Um, And then later on, according to independent football reporter and terrific reporter Aaron Wilson, McDowell's new agent, Willem Farah, uh, said several neurologists have cleared McDowell to play, including the Pittsburgh Steelers team, Dr. David Onkonkwo. Um, he did then encounter some legal issues, uh, a number of them. You know, there's a TMZ video out there. It's not worth, you'll see a, a little clip of it in a minute, but it's not worth showing the whole thing. That's not what we're trying to do, uh, you know, is 
is embarrassed the guy. I, you know, I'm glad he's getting a second chance here, but uh, several incidents, uh, stolen property. There was a, a truck involved uh, that appeared to be stolen that he said that he bought on the street for like $3,000. There was a driving while intoxicated, resisting arrest, and an assault charge. All together, uh, th they brought all the charges together and sentenced him to 11 months in jail. Mikey, do we have this uh, video on hand here, sir, that we can go to right now? We're going to go to a quick video here. We have an interview coming up with Mike Riddleman to dive into this a little bit further, and then we're going to talk UDFA here tonight. Uh, it's an interesting story with Jawan James that does pertain to the Browns because of J.C. Treader. just so you know we're going to hit on that on the second half of the show here. Uh, but let's uh, bring this video up here real quickly. Mikey, you got me? There you go, sir. Good job. Penn State football star Malik McDowell apologetic in court today. Very remorseful. Uh, apologies from the bottom of my heart. After this video showing one of McDowell's lowest moments, he goes toe-to-toe -to -toe with a Lathrop Village police officer trying to arrest him, knocking over items in the gas station along the way. Today, he says he wants to redeem himself. If you give me a chance, I'll definitely don't do better. McDowell is a free agent and says he wants to get his life back on track, including going to the NFL. Doing everything I can do to get back to where I was, back to the NFL or any other sports that will have me. The judge sentenced McDowell, but not before giving him a few pointers on what to do next. So is it? person with that divine spark, make yourself a better person with each and every passing day. And if you flaunt the law, if you disregard that opportunity, you're going to end up in a cage for years for the rest of your life. I don't want to see that happen. McDowell has had some time in jail to think about what he did and how to move forward. Thank you, Judge. You're welcome. And he will spend the next year in jail and also have three years probation. Reporting live this evening. I'm so we wanted to show that video, uh, just kind of giving you a background, troubled background. Um, but Andrew Berry, you know, has released this statement. Um, he has a statement out uh, that reads exactly like this. But we'll do this real quick before the interview here with Mike Riddleman. We are certainly aware of Malik's past, as we have done extensive work on him for the last two months, Barry said in a statement. We believe Malik is in a good place personally and medically. He has taken the necessary steps to get on a healthy path. So that's what Andrew Barry said. And, and once again, I'll bring back the the key to this here is that this is the kind of the first time that we've seen Andrew Barry take a chance on a guy character-wise like this. Um, so... Uh, it is of some significance, and I kind of, you know, he should get the benefit of the doubt, Andrew Barry, that is, and by extension, Malik McDowell, and that Barry hasn't really done this before, in my opinion. So we brought on uh, Mike Riddleman, who works uh, is the um, director of scouting and player personnel for the College Gridiron Showcase, which is the last place that, uh, before the Browns worked him out, the last place that McDowell uh, 
uh, appeared. And it was at one of their free agent showcases. So uh, we're going to play that video here. And, uh, or not that video, pardon me. We're going to uh, get that interview going here with Mike uh, Riddleman of uh, College Gridiron Showcase. He also, uh, Trey Harbison, one of the Browns UDFAs, running back from Charlotte, was also uh, participated in the uh, College Gridiron Showcase uh, with uh, Mike and all the guys that run that there. It occurs just after the end of the year, a weird year this year with all of the showcases were with COVID and everything. But uh, he'll talk a little about a bit about his experience with McDowell. We'll come back. And I want to get into this Jawan James UDFA stuff and kind of curious, wondering what the the player, uh, the Players Association, the union is doing at this point. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about what's going on there, and I'll just give you my quick thoughts on that tonight on a pain-free Friday. All eyes on Cleveland. Uh, let's get this interview started. Here we go. Mikey, you got me? To Welcome to All Eyes on Cleveland tonight. A uh, very special guest, Mike Riddleman. Mike is the Director of Scouting and Player Personnel at the College Gridiron Showcase. Welcome to All Eyes on Cleveland, Mike. Hey, thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. Uh, glad to have you on tonight. Um, first of all, Mike, uh, that's a, an interesting uh, job you have. You know, I've I, we, I had with a prior host on another show that I had before we had on. So you kind of talked about how the Senior Bowl, and I think his, uh, you know, his um, job was kind of similar to what you do for the showcase, players, uh, director of scouting and player personnel. Is that just kind of, uh, you can kind of go into that a little bit, but is that just kind of uh, basically recruiting guys to come to this? So Jim, Jim Nagy of the Senior Bowl does a really good job. Uh, I mean, he's taken the Senior Bowl to a whole new level, and I've, I've had a, a couple times, a couple chances to speak with him. And uh, great, great guy all around, uh, Jim, and really taking hold of the social media aspect of the Senior Bowl and bringing an in-depth scouting view for the event. Um, you know, CGS, you know, we're, we're a smaller event. Uh, it's it's run by Jose Jefferson and Craig Redley, who are the two co-founders, and this is this was year seven, I believe, and uh, year five for me being a part of the event. And, uh, you know, my, my they gave me a fancy title, you know, director of scouting <laughs> and player personnel. So, I mean, you know, it's it, it's cool from my point of view, you know, because, you know, you're, you're, you get to talk to all the NFL agents, um, you know, the players, different coaches from around the country. Uh, so really get an in-depth view of how large scale the, the game of football is at the college level. And um, really, you know, it's it, where we started evaluating and uh, actually, I mean, for the 2022 event, we're going to start here soon, late May, early June, then really rev up things uh, come late August, early September. And, you know, every week we're, we're having meetings, you know, I mean, uh, our partner, we're partners with uh, Tracking Football. They're a data analytical company with, you know, track and field data. Um, you know, 
Mark Brand said the CEO does a great job in his team with that. So it's the four of us and a couple other a couple, a couple other people who are helping out. Um, you know, really put this event together, the roster aspect, and really it's it's a group effort and it's um, it, it's it's an exciting time to be a part of it. That's awesome. Um, now you guys hold multiple events, right? So you guys yeah. don't just necessarily hold an event for uh, guys draft prospects, but also free agents and other things as well. Yeah. So we brought back the uh, it's pro- called the Pro Gridiron Showcase. You know, PGS. Um, okay. Where this year we had 175 free agents uh, come. You know, it was interesting because uh, some some of the uh, NFL teams were telling these guys, you know, come to CGS where we can see you and whatnot. And um, because of yeah, COVID yeah. restrictions of bringing guys onto their their facilities and whatnot. And um, it was a really great event. And then, our, then we have the actual college gridiron showcase. You know, it's a main four day event, but also we have a small school showcase, which is a two day event where, yeah. um, you know, from FCS, D2, D3, NAIA, like those guys who, you know, might not have a draft grade at all or a very low one come in, you know, perform in front of NFL teams. And the scouts actually choose, you know, 10 to 15 who move up to our main four day showcase. And it's, it, it's an exciting time. You know, it's, Really, you get some good talent. There's, there's, there's good talent at those lower levels, you know. So it's we do a multitude of things, and you know that's what kind of separates us from the other events, which, which are all great events. Um, we don't actually have a game, but it's a control, controlled scrimmage type format, and you know lets the players play faster. You know, more individual practice time. You know, the teams can see how they move, interact. You know, so it, it's. Like I said, CGS is uh, it's a different and exciting event. That's pretty That's awesome. Pretty uh, cool thing to be a part of. All right, so uh, we're talking with Mike Riddleman, Director of Scouting and Player Personnel for the College Gridiron Showcase here tonight on All Eyes on Cleveland. And we wanted to bring you on, uh, uh, Mike, partially for this. Uh, I'm going to bring up a picture here. But, you know, I, I came across this picture when I was looking at Malik's profile uh malik mcdowell uh free agent signed with the browns here just over the past couple days defensive tackle for michigan state uh he was a second round pick he was taking 35 overall by the seahawks um he had an atv accident suffered head and facial injuries uh there was some dispute in seattle whether he was you know healthy enough to play Pete Carroll went on the record saying that they actually couldn't release him to play. Uh, doctors would later clear him, uh, according to Aaron Wilson, uh, said that uh, several neuro- neurologists uh, and through his new agent, William Farah, uh, who you may know, uh, have cleared him to play uh, now, including the Steelers uh, team, Dr. David Anconquo. Uh, uh, cleared him to play, and he was at your event, so you got a chance to meet Malik, correct? I did. He was he was a you know great to talk to, uh, very humble, you know, down to earth. Uh, really, you know, I had a chance to talk to him a little bit, you know, and then uh, seeing him on the field doing the, the couple of the on field drills, you know, really, you know, you could tell he's a special athlete. The ability, the bend, you know, to uh, plays with good leverage uh you know 
you can see why he was a second round pick, you know? So it's, you know, I'm very happy for him, you know, just he thanked us for the opportunity, you know, and really I, I, everyone at CGS couldn't be more happy for him. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, so, you know, here's a guy who, uh, you know, who along with the ATV accident had some legal issues and some, some troubles in his past and, and is trying to move on from that and better his life. So with, since Andrew Barry has gen, been general manager of the Cleveland Browns, he hasn't really brought on a guy like this. This is his first kind of guy that has had the, you know, issues with the law that, that he has brought in. And he had a statement in which he basically said that he's done two months of homework and he feels very strongly that, you know, that Malik is on the right path and direction. Did you get that vibe from him? Like you said that he felt kind of humbled, but you feel like this was a guy that was grateful for his second chance and moving on, moving forward in his life away from some of the troubles he's had in his past. I believe so. I mean, really, he was he was awesome to be around. Uh, just just talking with him for a little bit, like I said before, uh, you know, humble and you know, uh, grateful for the opportunity. You know, to be in front of NFL teams. Uh, having the ability to perform, you know, be able to move in front and show how he moves, how he's uh, recovered from the injuries he's had before. And really, I, 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 it was a pleasure to meet him. And it was, it was a great experience watching him perform in front of teams. Yeah, that's awesome. And in the one thing I did, uh, I did notice he came in a little bit thinner at your guys thing. I think he played at like 300 pounds. I think he was like 275, I think when he was with you guys. Uh, but you you feel like he looked. I mean, he's only twenty four years old. You feel like he he looked like he would be. He could still do it, even though he'd been away from football for like three years. In your opinion, I, I believe so. I think physically, just looking at him, I, I I think so. Then I mean, it's a it's a different whole different ball game once he gets on the yeah. field with pads on. So I mean, time will tell in that aspect. But coming to the event, I believe you know he was prepared to perform in front of teams. So, I mean, I, I, I think so. Yes. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. All right. And, and that was, uh, the free agent event last yeah. year. You said that you had 175 guys at because and, and the teams were telling guys to come there because of COVID. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Awesome experience for you. Right. Um, yeah. and, uh, um, you kind of made it sound like you guys are rooting for him. So that's a good thing. Right. So, yeah. you know, we get him on the right path. Of course, we all need our second chances, right? Yeah. So, uh, for sure. And then the other guy I wanted to bring up with you is you guys actually had one of the Browns UDFAs at one of your events, and that was Trey uh, Harbison. He's a running back from Charlotte, yeah. um, and uh, he was at uh, the CSG event. What can you tell me about uh, Harbison as a running back? What kind of back is he, and, and uh, did he make an impression when he was there? So this year at CGS, we, you know, we had a uh, kind of adjust due to COVID and uh, we didn't have any live uh, practices. You know, it was a kind of a, a NFL combine drill type setting, you know, no contact, okay. no scene, just being precautious. You know, we had testing down there uh, for COVID and whatnot and saw his film and we thought he was a hell of an athlete, you know, being able to catch the ball out of the backfield, whatnot, and, you know, fit the bill coming to CGS, being able to move and, uh, you know, good lateral quickness and, you know, whatnot. So, you know, I, I think the Browns got a good undrafted free agent signing. And I, I, I think he can, you know, prosper. 
That's awesome. Uh, yeah, we're hoping so too. And uh, that's uh, very cool. Now, uh, I was on your website. It's pretty cool. And I wanted to ask you about this. So you can nominate players for your guys' thing. So like if somebody's like, hey, I really like this kid, whatever, uh, on the CSG website, it says like nominate a player to be at your event. Is that how that works? So it, we're an invitation. Uh, you know, we send out invites to the players. Yeah. I mean, if, yeah. if, if someone wants to nominate someone, we, we look into it. I mean, so, yeah. you know, not everyone, you know, yeah yeah not Obviously. every nomination is going to get receiving anyway <laughs> but you know yeah. so we take a deep dive and we we take it we take a look at every angle of, of a prospect and you know make sure that you know it does he move the needle in the aspect of you know nfl and cfl teams you know uh the past four years you know we've had 31 out of the 32 nfl teams uh, you know uh all nine CFL presence teams. there what they had a presence there they were at yeah, your yes yeah. this this year we had 30 out of 32 but the three years before that we had 31 out of the 32 and then uh before this year we had all nine cfl teams presence but due to COVID and travel restrictions we only had two but you know again we still had over 120 scouts there you know and you know with college uh director of college scouting there and all that so it's it's uh it, it's it, it's a good event you know it, it's you know if you're a prospect that wants to get seen by nfl teams cfl teams you know we we have a platform for it you know so that's awesome it's it, it's exciting good stuff mike and uh i appreciate your time today coming on here to yeah. uh just kind of touch bases mcdowell is an interesting prospect right yeah. and it's it's a stretch uh, you know, the Andrew Barry has kind of gone in a direction here that is surprising to some here because he hasn't done that. He's been a big, you know, character guy yeah. um, since he's been here or been GM. I mean, he's been in Cleveland a long time off and on, but he's been since he's been GM. And uh, this is the first time he's kind of gone taking a chance on a guy with character issues. And I just yeah. kind of wanted to get a feel from you. I mean, probably the last time he made an appearance was at your guys' event, I would think, since he got signed. So I'm sure he worked out for the Browns. I know he did that. And uh, yeah. but, but Andrew Barry seemed very confident that he had his life turned around and that they've done their homework on him. And it seems like that's kind of been in the work sometimes. So it was good to get to talk, talk to you. Yeah, I appreciate being on the show. Rooting for him as well. And uh, anything you want to plug about uh, C CGS here, the College Gridiron Showcase, Mike Riddleman, Director of Scouting and Player Personnel here before you go? Yeah, so, I mean, really, we're, we're getting ready for CGS 2022 here soon, um, you know, the, starting the planning process in, in May. I know that seems crazy, but, you know, at the run a college all-star event, you know, it's, you know, it takes a lot of work and, you know. For sure. Uh, we're, we're on, you know, CGS is on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, I'm on Twitter at M-R-I-T-T-9140. And, uh, you know, if anyone has any questions about the event, you know, feel free to give me a follow. Feel free to get the event, event a follow. I'm on Instagram and Facebook as well. You know, we're uh, moving, we're moving the needle every, every, every year. And it's, you know, it's, it's been going up every year since I've been a part of it. So it's exciting times. That's awesome stuff, Mike. We appreciate your time greatly and uh, lending, lending your uh, experience with us and, uh, you know, you're uh, telling us a little bit about uh, yeah. the College Gridiron Showcase for sure. So thank you so much, Mike. Yeah, thanks for having me on.
Sir, all eyes on Cleveland. We here, yeah. Sir, all eyes on Cleveland. We here, yeah. There was an interview with uh, Mike Riddleman, director of scouting and player personnel for the College Gridiron Showcase. Had a little experience with Malik McDowell. We wanted to get him on and have him talk on that. You know, I'm, I'm rooting for Malik. We all have our demons, right? Uh, I know for myself, speaking from experience, if I haven't, wouldn't have been given a number of second chances in my life, then, I, you know, I wouldn't be uh, as happy as I am today. So certainly, uh, you know, we all need our second chances uh, from time to time. So um, hoping that Malik can take advantage of his with the Cleveland Browns and uh, wanted to kind of deep dive into that with uh, Mike uh, there who had a little bit of experience with him. Also want to talk about Jawan James, NFL, NFLPA, a lot going on here. Browns center J.C. Treader is the president uh, of the Players Association. Uh, the Players Association has urged the players to not come to the facilities, not participate in the off-season workouts. OTAs haven't started yet, or wouldn't have started yet, but their workouts have. Now, some have showed up, uh, guys, mostly with like big workout bonuses and things like that. Um, a lot of guys, and we'll get to what some of the Browns are doing here in a minute, but uh, a lot of guys ch- choosing to go elsewhere and follow the direction of the Players Association's recommendation to this point until this week where uh, Jawan James, offensive lineman for the uh, Denver Broncos, um, tears his Achilles while working out away from the Denver Broncos facility. Uh, James was officially tonight, actually, placed on the non-football injury list um, and could miss all of the 2021 season. The significance of this is that he was guaranteed $10 million this year. His play had been underwhelming for the most part for um, the Broncos. And uh, by getting injured, according to the collective bargaining agreement, away from the facility, um, he is not guaranteed that money anymore. Uh, the rule was already in place, um, you know, so basically it's, you know, the league sent out a memo when this happened to all clubs on Wednesday of this week to remind them and clarify that injuries sustained by players while working out off-site are categorized categorized as non-football injuries. And furthermore, that players' salaries are therefore not guaranteed if the injury is deemed of the non-football variety. Um, So this kind of jumps back into the NFLPA's face that they've asked everyone to not report. Um... He's going to lose probably more than likely the Broncos are, he's going to lose $10 million that was his. He was guaranteed $10 million this year. He also has received his full signing bonus. They'll probably ask for $3 million of that back. 
um, just by showing up, and I found this interesting, just by showing up and working out at the facility, players receive medical insurance. So even if you don't have a bonus to show up and work out or whatever, by showing up at the facility and working out during this period, the optional workout periods, uh, you are insured. So he will go uninsured by his team, will have to pay for his surgery, etc., and so forth, right? So the NFLPA's advice to, for guys to not show up to the facility, in my eyes, appears to not be a very smart one. And the reason they're doing it is because they want to kind of lash back at the owners. Now, they've kind of hidden this in pandemic protocol, uh, you know, is the reason they're not doing it. Well, NFL was pretty safe last year with pandemic protocol. And if you go get vaccinated, then you should be cool, right, to go in and work out at the facility. Still, they're advising players not to go there. Uh, you know, a lot of them upset about the 17 games being forced down their throat. Well, a lot of this was agreed to in the collective bargaining agreement. And it has also been rumored and said that veterans who are in the top of the Players Association, Treader, other guys, uh, urge the younger players not to go to the building with the idea, they've been accused of this, of maintaining veteran players' jobs uh, versus a younger guy who's going and trying to prove himself and work and potentially take their jobs. Now, they've you know dismissed that as nonsense, and that's not the reason for all of them you know, pushing away and advising players not to report, et cetera, and so forth. So when this memo came out on uh, Wednesday, it was followed up on Thursday by uh, a, an email sent out by the NFLPA. Uh, in this memo, um, the NFLPA calls the NFL gutless for using a player series injury as a scare tactic to get you to, to come running back to workouts. Um, it's yet another sign of what they uh, think of you and also affirms that they simply want to control you year-round in any and every way they can, the NFLPA tells its members. Uh, then comes the most important part of the email, uh, which is deep into the message or further down in the email. Despite the open threat of a non-football injury designation, Jawan was working out to stay in shape under a program recommended to him by his coach, the email contends. This implies that the union may challenge the non-football injury designation uh, in hopes to get him paid by the Broncos. And really, ultimately, it's up to the Broncos. And they can go into as much depth as they want and challenge this all they want. But it's pretty clear in the CBA and from people that I've talked to and asked about this situation that the Broncos have the right to not pay him at this point. If you get hurt off of campus, unless you're an Odell Beckham Jr. or a star player that they want to keep around, 
they're going to cut you, put you on the NFI list, and cut you and save that money. For the Broncos in a cap crunch year like this, this is $10 million freed up from a guy that they probably didn't really want to keep around anyways. As I said, his performance had been underwhelming since he signed his contract. He opted out last year. He had already been in the facility working out for the Broncos. So he was already there working out and then decided after uh, Smith and Treader sent their message out to not report he decided to stick with his players association, bond together, and do what they're asking him to do. So he actually left the facility where he was working out to go work out elsewhere at the request of the players association. I want to be clear about this. I am pro player in this situation. And sometimes fans come out and they say stuff and they, they'll take sides of the owner and the player. I'm pro player 100%. I've talked to a lot of players on this show, past players, current players. I'm very pro player. And the NFL is unlike other sports. There's not guaranteed money. It's a lot different. So I'm an advocate for them getting what is theirs, right? The NFLPA's message is intended to hurt ownership, right? Because of the 17 games, or whatever else they're upset about in the CBA and, and and so on. But telling guys not to show up to facility for workouts, even if they want to, doesn't hurt the owners at all. It's just angering coaches. But the coaches have nothing to do with this. Like, the coaches have nothing to do with it. They have no skin in the game. They just want their players there because they want to get them better, right, for the season. And they want to be able to, to monitor what they're doing and make sure that they're working to the level that they're working at. The, the question about whether these guys should be there or not should be decided by the player themselves individually, A, and with their agent. They should go to their agent in a situation like Jawan James. If he would have gone to his agent ahead of time and said, hey, if I get hurt off-site here, what happens to me? Well, they can pull the, your $10 million guaranteed next year. Well, shit, I better get back in there, despite what J.C. Treader tells me, right? Uh, there's a lot of guys like that. On Monday, the Players Association came out to either further <clears throat> make this seem totally ridiculous, and, and I don't understand where they're coming from on this, because... As a players association, you should want what's best for the players. Clearly, what's best for the players on a case-by-case basis, but for the majority of them, is to be insured if they're hurt and to be guaranteed to receive their salary if they're hurt. The only way that happens if it, if, if, if they're in the facility. If you tell them to leave the facility and go work someplace else, it doesn't affect the owners. They could care less. What do they care? How is that hurting the owners? So it's a battle they're picking to choose with the owners, which has no effect on them. It's only affecting the coaches and the players. And telling them to go away is not in their best interest. They actually told and came to rookies on Monday, the Players Association did, and told rookies and undrafted free agents not to show up at rookie minicamp. 
how the hell is an undrafted free agent going to make a pro football team if he doesn't show up to rookie minicamp? That's the only chance he gets to make the team. What are you asking these young guys to do? This is the only opportunity those guys have to make the team. The Players Association is in a bad spot right now. I don't know what they're doing. Why you would advise players to do this makes no sense. If somebody makes that decision on their own, Odell Beckham Jr., always going to work out on his own, do his own thing, right? That's his personal choice between him and his agent and et cetera, right? The majority of guys should make sure that they're insured, by being in the facility, and make sure they protect their guaranteed money by being in the facility. Not to mention, they have top physical care by the best trainers in the world, watching them do all of their stuff. They have coaches making sure that they're getting better. I mean, this email that paints the, the NFL in this light of they're trying to control you at every turn, and... They're trying to, uh, as it says, uh, you know, where is it at? Calls them gutless for using a player's serious injury as a scare tactic. It's not gutless, it's reality. Jawan James just lost $10 million freaking dollars if the Broncos decide to do so. And it sounds like they will. Everybody I've talked to says that they're going to pull this and they're probably going to ask for $3 million of his signing bonus back. The NFLPA has misplaced this battle and it's hurting the players. How can you ask rookies not to show up? How can you ask guys with guaranteed contracts that need to protect their families not to show up, make sure they're insured, make sure they get their money? I don't understand where they're coming from on this. And certainly it serves some of the people in the Players Association, maybe four or five, ten percent of them to not be there, to not have to do that, and to not have to worry about younger competition being in the building, etc. But that seems like a real motivation at this point, because I don't understand what the other motivation is. This is doing nothing to the owners. In fact, it's probably saving the owners money. They have to feed less people every day. As rookies, you come in, you don't have a place to to stay in the city. You just got there. The team puts you up in a hotel for all of rookie minicamp. They're supposed to just not show up, try to make the team not show up, try to learn and, and get ahead so they can have a shot to to make the team just show up to camp later and, and the coaches have no idea who they are when they get this valuable mini camp and a place to stay when they don't have a place to stay in the city it's 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 counterproductive it seems totally irrational that the players association would ask players to do this at this point and it seems misdirected misguided i don't know it just seems nonsensical to ask guys to do this once again pro player advocate of the players get your money make sure your money is is safe make sure you're insured show up to the facility 
And, and, and this Juwan James thing is a perfect example of it. And if, if there's any question, if there's any question whether you should be there or not, you should at least go to your agent and say, what happens if I don't go there and this? But the root of the problem is why the NFLPA is pushing for this. Because it doesn't affect the owners at all. So if you're trying to get back at the owners, it doesn't affect them. They have no – what do they care? The, the, the Broncos just got $10 million back on their books in a cap crunch year, in a year that maybe they're going to try to take on Aaron Rodgers' contract. Who knows, right? This is stuff that's out there now in the NFL, and I just don't quite get how the Players Association is has the players in the best interest at this point. And it's it's a point of hot topic, and I think that I think that they're wrong, and, and it's it's it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out, especially with J.C. Treader, great player, love J.C. Treader, Browns player. Um, be interesting to see how this whole thing comes out with him being the president at this point. Uh, as far as the Browns go, they were also told not to meet and work out together off-site. Well, the Browns have already done that. Baker Mayfield went down to uh, West... Pardon me. I can't read my own writing. Weston, Florida. House of Athletes is a very popular workout spot for NFL players in the offseason. Mayfield went down... Uh, there and worked out with Landry, Hagen, Super, Njoku, Kyle Marquay. Uh, Anthony Swartz was there with Landry, supposedly, um, and potentially some other Browns players. So they have done that um, already. Mayfield has gone and done that. So instead of hosting people, he went down to the House of Athletes and has worked out with Landry. There's actually a video of him throwing a pass to Landry. I also would like to uh, just say that rookie minicamp is scheduled for the 14th through the 16th, which is next Friday. OTAs were supposed to start May 25th through 27th is phase one. June 1st through June 3rd is phase two. June 7th through June 10th is phase three mandatory minicamp, which is supposedly up in the air now uh, because of all of this, uh, is June 15th through June 17th. Let's at least hope they can get that in. But once again, final point on this, and I know I've hit it a thousand times, the Players Association doesn't appear to have the players' best interest in mind at this point, telling them to go away from the facility, be uninsured, risk your salary, uh, going down to you know, the local gym or somebody's basement, some old weights and or Planet Fitness with all the Joes and Billy Bobs in there trying to work off their beer guts. You know, I mean, I, I don't... You have top-notch medical professionals in that building. You're insured when you go work out in that building. Your money is guaranteed or safe when you go and work out in that building in case you do get hurt. Don't let what happened to Jawan James happen to you if you're a player. How is this in the best interest of the players? That would be my question to the NFLPA. But they're standing behind it. I mean, they don't even want rookies to show up. How absurd is that? How are you going to make a team as an undrafted rookie, undrafted free agent? 
rookie if you can't go to rookie minicamp. It's absurd. It's absurd. Um, next week, we will have a show Wednesday night. Schedule release show. Myself, the one and only Jeff Risden from the Browns Wire, will be with me. Schedule release next Wednesday. We will have the Browns schedule. We'll have a show uh, on Wednesday night. We have another show between now and then. But uh, this has been a pain-free Friday edition. Deep dive on Malik McDowell and addressing the U. Uh, pardon me, the NFL Players Association uh, situation with Jawan James and telling players not to show up to the facilities. So that's my thoughts on that. Hope you enjoyed the interview uh, on Malik McDowell. Get a little insight on him. Uh, initially, it felt like Mike had some more on Malik. He didn't have a ton, but it was still a good interview anyways. He is the player personnel uh, and uh, director of player personnel for the uh, um, Gridiron College Gridiron Showcase. Uh, as well as the free agent event, which Malik McDowell was at. Uh, and with that, we're going to get out of here. Uh, thank you for watching. Make sure you hit the subscribe button on your way out. We're getting up there, ladies and gentlemen. We're getting up there. Um, we're growing. I appreciate everybody that watches and uh, subscribes. It uh, helps us so much. Uh, and with that, let Troy Hill give me one more. They're all eyes on Cleveland. We here. Yeah. One more of those, and then we're going to get out of here. Uh, for Mikey on the ones and twos, my name is Brad Ward. This has been another edition of All Eyes on Cleveland. We out.